House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Hey, welcome back into the House of Mystery, and I'm Al Warren. I am called the, uh, what was I called on the last show there? Um, hmm. Can't remember. Oh, it was a, a noodle whore. I'm the noodle whore. <laughs> All the way from the west. And from the east, we have the uh, uh, great. The great? The great David North Martini. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, With somebody no has to. Somebody, well, somebody has to have the drinks. So um, That's right. Breaking the rules already. I'm being mean. Um, well, we've got another great show lined up for you to finish off the week. Um, we've got a writer today, and her latest book is Viper's Nest of Lies. Ooh, that sounds exciting. And so mm-hmm. our, our author is the writer, Daniela Burnett. Thank you for being here. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Hopefully you're happy at the end of the show. <laughs> we never know. Well, this sounds like quite the mystery here, quite the uh, – uh, what what kind of writing would you classify this? I would – well, most of my – all of my books are um, a, a cross between mysteries and thrillers. They, they're, they're, I wouldn't categorize them as cozy. So it's they also have a, a lot of um, – spy aspects to them and um, thefts of jewels so lots going on in all the books well that's kind of a an interesting area so what what, what draws you to write about uh, these kind of heists or spies or, or these kind of thrillers I guess you know jewel thieves and stuff what what led you to that uh, kind of category well, um, I've been an avid reader since I was a little kid, and my mother got my sister and me hooked on mysteries and thrillers um, when we were very young, so I, I like that genre. Um, and also in terms of movies, the same thing, spy thrillers, World War II thrillers, those all appeal to me. So when I sat down to write my own books, um, that's, that's what I wanted to, um, to write. And my two protagonists... Um, are Emmeline Kirby, who is a journalist, and um, her husband, who is um, Gregory Longden, who is a quote-unquote former jewel thief because now he has a legitimate job as an insurance investigator. But he hasn't given up the thrill of the game yet, and he still um, steals jewels. So that adds another dynamic. But she doesn't know, so we're not going to tell her that, otherwise she's going to kill him. (laughs) <laughs> oh, we got murder in here already. Um, well, what's life without some murder? Well, this is true. This is true. Uh, certainly, um, there's a lot of it that goes around. Well, you, yeah. when you when you do this, okay. So this is um, you call it a, a Emmeline Kirby and Gregory Longden mystery. So is this kind of part of a series, and this going to be part of a longer series? This this is a series. Uh, Viper's Nest of Lies is book seven in, in the series. Wow. Okay, I didn't realize. So book seven. So when you when you're writing a series like that, mm-hmm. have you outlined all of the books ahead of time, and you kind of know where you're going to go with these these uh, two, or is this something that just sort of happens as is per book? 
No, uh, I, I don't outline, but I do like to plot my stories out um, before I start writing. So at least I have that basic skeleton of the plot to follow. You know, I may get a great idea along the way, and I, I add that in, but at least I know it's A, I know who the killer is from the outset, so I know how to uh, proceed with the story and plot the, the red herrings as well, because those are important. But um, I, I wanted to write a series from the beginning, so I knew my two characters, so uh, I would develop a little things in each book. So I would put something in book one, I'll leave a little nugget, develop it a little bit more in book two, because I knew how I wanted to proceed uh, later on. Uh, when I wrote book one, Lead Me Into Danger, I had the idea for the first few books in my head before I even started uh, writing that one. Because I was thinking in terms of a series and I wanted my characters to grow and evolve as, as each book progressed. When you're writing a series, when you've got a couple of characters like this, um, how is it that you keep track of what they go through? Um, because when you get into book seven, how mm -hmm. they act and react to different things and, and, what they're, mm -hmm. and the development of them, you have to be very careful about that, right, that you don't miss something or forget something or something has to change um uh, do you have a pattern of doing that or uh well actually it's all in my head <laughs> i remember oh. you know because <laughs> i as i said you know from the beginning i knew what i wanted each of them to go through emotionally um in terms of growing as a character and evolving more their interactions with each other in terms of clashes and um just in in terms of common ground, uh, that was all very important to me. So it's all in my head. <laughs> oh. Well, then you must have a close relationship. What is your relationship with these two characters? Oh, they're part of me. I mean, I think any author will tell you that um, your characters are a bit of yourself in some way. Or maybe it's like you wanted to be, uh, how you wanted to react in a certain situation. So you get a second chance to do that when you're writing a character. Or um, in terms of Emily, you know, I admire her greatly because she's she's very sure of herself, um, which I'm not. I'm very self-conscious. Um, the only thing is she's reckless. Uh, but um, all of us are, have our foibles and our admiral qualities. And, you know, I wanted to instill that in each of them because that's just the way people are in, in real life. That's human nature. So everybody is not all good or all bad. You know, we all have our faults and, and good qualities. So I wanted to um, portray that in the books in my characters. Well, that's interesting. Um, so when you are... Um putting yourself in the character how much how much are you willing to expose about yourself like because when you do that and people read it they're learning something about you as well okay well i'm not going to tell you deep dark secrets um the, the only thing that emmeline and i share is that she has a short temper and she's impatient and, and that's exactly me um in terms of anything else i'm not going to divulge divulge my secrets <laughs> well are you are you drawing from um I know you have a, a journalism degree. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you weren't a jewel thief. No, I'm but. not. <laughs> but, but you know, it's the you know, uh, it's the thrill of that. A jewel thief is a criminal. That's granted mm. because that that's a crime. But it's not like a murderer or a serial killer or or a, a bomber. You know, so it's a thief. But you know, 
Gregory, for example. He's a thief. He's a gentleman. And like Emmeline, he, um, he has a certain code of honor, and they both um, think murder is taboo, and if somebody, the culprit should pay for the crime. So, um, you know, maybe it's a little bit like Cary Grant in To Catch a Thief, you know, the gentle <laughs> thief. <laughs> And and the location that you have these in, um, I understand it's European pretty much. It's UK based. Yes. Do you find that you have to go to the locations to get a feel? Is that important to you? Well, um, a, a lot of people have asked me that. I don't. I, I love to travel, and I love learning new things when I travel. But I don't travel to do my research. It's more that when I am somewhere. Um, the, the, a place has made a certain impression on me, and that sparks an idea in my head. I mean, oftentimes I'm somewhere and I think, oh, this is a good place to find a dead body. <laughs> um, but in terms of location, location is in terms of setting um, is very important to me. It's it's like another character, and I it helps me. Uh, I think it helps to propel the plot, and it sets a certain mood. Um, both of my characters, Emmeline and Gregory, they're British, and um, the books take place in the UK and in Europe. I mean, they live in London, but uh, the books have taken place in other parts of the UK and in Europe. Like this new book, um, Viper's Nest of Lies, is set in London and Malta. Um, so that, that's um, in terms of setting. Setting is, is very important to me in my, in my books. And I want to transmit to my readers, and I hope that I am, um, for them to get a feel of the places I've seen, like they're walking in my shadow um, with, uh, with how I describe um, the setting in the books. So is your setting or your location actually a character in itself? It is. I think so. I, th I think it's, it's important um, because it, it, it's different areas um, propel different ideas in my head and um, like certain places, like would be good for a jewel theft. Uh, another place would be good for Emmeline and Gregory to hopefully have a vacation, but they never seem to be able to do that because they always wind up getting involved in some tangled web. Now I'm wondering how you um, kind of internally process these characters. Do you have um, an inner monologue? Can you hear the characters in your head? Uh, do you see more images and symbols when you when you're translating this to the page? Um, yeah, no, I, uh, dialogue, I, I can often hear them in my head, and, and you're going to laugh, but oftentimes I wake up in the middle of the night because I think of a good line of dialogue, mm. so get up and, and write it down quickly, otherwise if I wait till morning, it'll go poof into the atmosphere. It vanishes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do you consider um, these characters to you? Like when I talk to a lot of writers that do... Mm. Uh, fiction, they will say, like, you know, they compare them as their kids. It's like my kids. It's like my family. So it's like, what, what do you classify them as? No, I can't. I mean, I, I think that to a certain extent, that's right, that your family or, or friends, because I know instinctively how um, each of them would react in a certain situation or who would, how they would react to one another because of their temperaments, um, uh, I, I, I know how they would react. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a family or a friend, a close friend, you know that because you know the person. You know, they're, they're like I said before, characters are a part of each um, author, except for, in my case, I'm not, I'm not one of the 
feelings. So you, you can keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was wondering, too, um, I know you plot out these stories at least to a certain extent, but yeah. has a character ever done anything to surprise you? Have they just like kind of gone off the rails and decided they were just going to do what they wanted to do and against what you really wanted them to do within the story? Not really. I have total control. That's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I have total control. <laughs> well, it's, it's, that's really kind of... Uh, where, where do you get your extra characters, like the characters that surround these two main uh, protagonists? Like, did, Are they from people you've met somewhere or you've seen in a coffee shop? or Where, where do you sort of uh, get these other characters? Well, you, you know, in terms of when I wrote the series, you know, I wanted to have amateur sleuths as the protagonists because there are a lot of series out there, great series with the police detective as the uh, main character. However, the law puts certain constraints on a police officer with um so amateur sleuths, they, they're also investigating a crime, but they have more leeway, more flexibility. So in my books, I have Gregory and Emmeline on the one side of the amateur sleuth. And then on the other side, I have Superintendent Oliver Burnell and uh, Sergeant Finch of Scotland Yard. And also um, Philip Atchison of the Foreign Office, who purportedly, his, he, he works for the Foreign Office, but he's really an mi 5 so I balance out the gravitas of the law with the amateur sleuth, and I have them mix with one another towards, you know, they come from different directions and ultimately to solve the crime. So is there, a, is there some sort of a, a, a theme that you've got running through this or maybe underlying in the story? Um, well, a theme that I tend to go back to a lot because it's very exciting is uh, Russian spies and espionage. And, of course, because we have Gregory, we, we have to keep his attention. Um, we have thefts of diamonds, uh, a ruby necklace in another book. So, you know, we have to keep Gregory uh, excited as well. <laughs> <laughs> What's your influence on, on this type of writing? Um, where do you um, draw from? Various, I mean, newspaper articles, um, you know, World War II spy um, stories, um, real stories, um, movies, and there, lots of things influence me. But I've, uh, I've always liked that genre. It's the intrigue that gets me. You know, I've, for me, the mysteries have always been about the puzzle. You know, I don't need to know how many blood and guts were spilled everywhere. It's like why the crime was committed. That's what's important to me. And then how does the um, sleuth or sleuths get to that point to solve that crime because the reader has to have an answer somehow. You can't leave the reader hanging. Yeah, that's important. So I, I, I wonder, so where did it all start for you? How did you decide that you wanted to be a writer? Oh, it started when I was nine years old in fourth grade. My uh, fourth grade teacher, she had creative writing hour once a week, and she gave us different assignments. And I just loved it. I was like, I knew that's what I wanted to do. 
So um, then I studied journalism when I was in college because that was the natural progression for me. I, uh, I never uh, was a, a journalist, but um, in my field, uh, I mean, I was um, the editor of the paper, um, a newsletter for a uh, trade organization I work for, um, or, or writing articles for my firm. So I always was writing somehow. I never practiced as a journalist, though. What was the catalyst that made you actually decide that you felt like you were good enough to publish something? Okay, well, writing for me, writing is like breathing. I just have to do it. So um, in the four months, when I graduated from college, in the four months before I found my first job, I wrote a mystery novel. And my first job was at Penguin USA, the publisher. And then when I was at Penguin, one day I got up the courage and I approached one of the editors there about my marriage. And she was very nice. She actually read the manuscript. And she told me it was better than what she, she saw from a lot of first-time writers. But I had to think more in terms of a series. So I tried revising that book. Um, and it just didn't work out. And I chalked it up to a good exercise. And then slowly, slowly, I kept thinking about a series. And like in the back of my mind, the kernel for Emmeline and Gregory started to formulate in the back of my mind until one day I said, here I am, I'm ready. And I started writing Lead Me Into Danger, the first book in the series. So where do you, where do you plan on going with this, like with this series? Like, do you know how many books you're going to do uh, with these two? No, I, I don't. A lot of people have asked me that. No, I don't know how many books. It's I'm going for right now. They, Emmeline and Gregory still have a hold on me. So um, I still have lots of ideas percolating in the back of my mind. But um, I will write, continue with them until I can't think of any more trouble to um, involve them in. But at this stage, um, I'm not sure how many books. That will be in the series. I'm, I'm just finishing a book eight. I have to start on book nine, so um, that's where things stand at the moment. Hmm. So, w when you look back at your first writing of the of this series and and hmm. others like it, I wonder: hmm. do, do you ever look back and think, "Oh, I wish I would have wrote it differently, like change this or do this"? Or do you, do you do that as a writer? Not in terms of the plot, but, you know, maybe like in terms of the language, I, I think to myself, maybe I could have refined that a little bit more, but not in terms of the plot, because as I mentioned before, I knew how I wanted the series to proceed in each book when I, when I sat down to write that first word in book one. Did you ever want to explore any other types of writing? Um, well, maybe, you know, when, when uh, Emmeline and Gregory finally uh, the, let go of their hold on me, um, maybe I'll think of in terms of, I've always liked historical fiction, so maybe I'll do a historical fiction, a mystery series, you know, maybe set in World War II, that's a period that intrigues me, or the Victorian era, um, those are possibilities, you know, maybe, maybe I might spin off something, you know, one of the characters from this series, but um, those are still like fuzzy in the back of my mind now because I'm, I'm focusing on Emmeline and Gregory. Hmm. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting when you've got um, that sort of uh, hold or connection with your characters. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, I guess that doesn't leave you a lot of places to go. What, so if someone, someone's never read anything from you yes. before, they've never heard of you before, yes. um, what would you say 
is the one book that they should get to kind of get 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 to know you? Uh, well, you know, each of my books, they can even though they're part of the series, they can stand alone because I put um, backstory uh, in the book so that if somebody's picking up book four and they haven't read the others, they will be able to follow along just fine. Um, but if if readers, uh, I suggest if readers want to see how Emmeline and Gregory developed, then to start with book one, Lead Me Into Danger. But in terms of which book is, we shouldn't have, as authors, we shouldn't have favorites. But in terms of which one is um, my favorite, my favorite is When Blood Runs Cold, book five. And I think my second favorite is this new one, Viper's Nest of Lies. Any other authors out there that you'd like to work with? like to work with uh, a, a lie uh, in terms of um, living or well, I wish I had met them. <laughs> well, probably well, guess, both are any, good questions, but okay. I mean, you're probably um, not going to work with the dead one. But. No, no, but <laughs> as anyone will tell you, Agatha Christie is my hero, and I wish, I wish I could have met her because I think I would have learned so much. I learned so much by reading her books, but to have met her in person would have been a thrill, to say the least. But um, in terms of authors nowadays, um, I do have a, a friend, I've made friends with some mystery authors, but in terms of someone that I would love to work with or, or meet in person, um, the British authors, uh, Anthony Horowitz or um, Jeffrey Archer, I would, I would love to meet them because I, I love their books and, and they both have know how to put twists and, and turns in there that just leave the reader breathless. So I, I would learn, I'd love to meet them in person. After writing a novel, um, do you have a way to uh, recharge or relax or, or, or do you just uh, go on to the next book? I usually take a couple of months off in between um, each book just to let the next one steep in my mind before I, I start writing it. How do I say this now? So, <laughs> no, I'm thinking of, yeah, of course. <laughs> but I'm thinking, I'm thinking about your characters and I'm thinking about, yes. about you and stuff like that. Um, um, explain to, to maybe your listeners or to the listeners, our listeners, uh, okay. what – your what you hope to to happen to your characters like you you know you've got a close relationship with them in your mm -hmm. so do, do you get to decide because you said you had full control but do you yes. really get to decide where they're going to go or is it something is your more emotion or is this more brain thought you know what i'm saying I think, I mean, writing has to be uh, a combination of the two, uh, thinking with your brain, but it has to be emotional, too, because in terms of mysteries, you know, a lot of the, a lot of crimes are crime, emotional crimes, you know, jealousy, love, greed, you know, you have to um, weep that into the story, so it has to be a little bit of both, the emotional side for why the crime was committed, and the um, analytical side to um, come to the point to resolve the crime. Now, and you, and you really like... Um the UK and UK writers, yes. it seems like. Is there, is yes. there, do you think there's a reason for that? Um, 
I don't know. I've been an Anglophile since I was uh, very little. Um, I, you know, read books about England, watched TV programs. It just, the country, the culture, the landscape just appeals to me. I cannot tell you why, you know, like a lot of things, you know, why someone likes peanut butter as opposed to grape jelly. It's just England. It, I just have an affinity for the UK. Hmm. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Maybe you were there in your past life. Perhaps I was. <laughs> you know what? It was funny because uh, when I when I went to when I was going to London for the first time, because I had read so much and had seen so many programs. When I got to London, I knew exactly where I wanted to go. I knew where Hyde Park was. I knew what was next to Hyde Park because I had been there before so many times, reading and watching programs and and so forth. Hmm. That's pretty interesting, you know. Do, do, do you find yourself getting into your character situation? So uh, do, do you kind of play it out in your mind um, how they would be and where they go and stuff like that, what they're wearing and, and all of that? Do you play? Is that important to you? Yeah, I think, I mean, you have to do, as, an, as a writer, you have to be able to do that to, to get into their mindset where you're dropping them into a, a certain situation. You, you have to be there. It's like, well, Emmeline is going to scream or Gregory is going to run this way. You, you, have, to, you have to have to be in their mindset to be able to um, direct them in the, in the scene. Yeah. To yeah. react to, to people or, or the situation. Yeah. I, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty. So do you do a lot of research on the areas as well, like on, on the parts that you make sure you get everything right, like the details? Um, well, a lot of uh, I, the place I featured in the books, I've been there. Um, if I need to follow up, you know, with a certain detail, I would look that up. But since I've been there, I know. That's why I'm able to describe the places for um, my readers, so um, I have that uh, that gives it a flavor of authenticity um, to help the story move along. Yeah. Now, do you do you like to interact with your with your readers a lot? Oh, I love it. I love doing um, readings. Um, I, I just I find it. I love doing the reading itself and then taking questions from our readers afterwards. That's why I was so disappointed last year with COVID and so on. I couldn't do my, my usual reading and so on. I could only go to the store, sign their stack of books. But I love doing the readings and getting people's reactions, uh, you know, about the characters, about the stories, um, just, you know, whatever, if they, if they have any dislikes, which I hope not. And I, I haven't heard <laughs> any dislikes from anyone. Um, but I, I do like uh, interacting with the readers. Do you read anything or have any influences that might be surprising to fans? Um, I read almost anything, uh, anything except uh, science fiction and horror because I, I don't I <laughs> like that. But pretty much everything, you know, uh, um, I read historical fiction, mysteries and thrillers, uh, biographies. Um, I'm interested in um, everything. And, and I think as an author, you have to be because... Um, you have to broaden your mind to be able to create your own story. And hmm. authors in themselves, they ha they're they readers at heart. Because, you know, for me, 
I fell in love with the written word. So you, you have to be a reader and to, to read many different things to be able to write your own story. Hmm. Now, now, do you have a, do you have a place that you like readers to come and communicate? Do you have like a website, or are you doing uh, uh, social media? What What's the best way to kind of interact? Uh, well, I have my website. It's daniellaburnett.com, and there's uh, an email address if somebody wants to drop me a little note. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on Goodreads, and I'm on BookBub. I don't do Twitter. Okay. Well, Twitter can be. Up and down. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I've heard some. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't have the courage for today. But I'm on Facebook. If somebody wants to leave me a note on Facebook, or as I said, on my website, nellaburnett.com, there's an email address for if somebody wants to send me a note. Right, right. We'll have that connected to our website as well, so people can mm-hmm. find you. So that's, uh, oh, that's nice. you know, listeners and stuff like that. How how was uh, how did you find COVID for your for writing and stuff? Do you do you, do you find when tensions are, are, are strong and stressful things are going on around you in the world that you, uh, do you get lost and escaped in your writing, or do you find that um, it interferes with writing? Um, well, I, because I, I was working from home because of the lockdown, uh, I had a bit more time to write because yeah, I didn't have that you know, hour commute in the morning, hour commute in the evening, so I had more time to write. Um, and writing, you know, it is like breathing. So it was an escape for me because um, my father did pass away last year in April, not from COVID, but did pass away. And um, I found that writing did help me uh, a bit. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just wondered if, uh, but, you know, when things are going on like that in the world, if it kind of creates a little bit of tension in your writing or maybe it gets a little darker. Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I, I don't think that's the case. But it, it does help me in terms if there is tension out there. It, it does help me to focus and channel, channel everything within me. That just creating that, you know, being able to drop into that fictional world to escape. Because my books hopefully are an escape for readers, and they're an escape for me from the the real world, all my troubles for the day. Yeah. Yeah, no, hopefully it does. Well, it's certainly an interesting conversation with you today, and we appreciate oh, you. you coming by. Yes, and, I've had fun. And the book we're talking about, of course, is uh, Viper's Nest of Lies. Yes. And our guest is the author, Daniela Burnett. Thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you. I've had a very uh, enjoyable conversation with the two of you, um, and I hope to be back again maybe in the future sometime. <laughs> oh, for sure. Thank you. Thanks, Daniela. Tired of wasting time trying to decide what to watch on your streaming service? Go to our website and look for the Martino Movie Reviews. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. The mission has been completed. The end. By George, he's got it. It is the end. I'll see you. If you're lying to me, I'll be back. This has been a production of Something Weird Media.